Hey, everybody. Fantastic episode of The Morning Show today. We discussed the SEC losing in their lawsuit against Grayscale with regards to the Bitcoin ETF and what that means for the crypto space in general. We're also joined by Flip, who works in finance. Uh, He's a new speaker. I want to give him a shot, give him a little audition. And he talks about stocks versus crypto. He talks about real estate. He talks about the macro environment. It's a really good conversation with him. Overall, it's a fantastic episode of The Morning Show. The free NFT code at the nifty.com slash claim is Rome 25, R-O-M-E 25. Thanks for listening. In the call sheet, Clemente wants me to lead by talking about Tucker Carlson leading uh, media right now. I don't know if Nick wants to talk about that. I'm going to go ahead and, yeah, he doesn't want to talk about that. He'd like to talk about Glenn Greenwald leading media. That's uh, that's what Nick's thinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, is there anything that you want to comment on uh, what Clemente put here? Or are we just Nick's and everything, Nick? Um. This is a random conversation here. Uh, this week he went to Hungary and interviewed the Hungarian prime minister. He just likes interviewing pieces of shit, huh? <laughs> I, I guess uh, so. I, the, the reason I wanted to bring, bring it up, Nick, is uh, I thought it was interesting. I was looking through his uh, basically all the interviews that he's done. And prop like the last interview he did had like 55 million impressions. But 51 million of them came from Elon Musk just quote tweeting every single interview he does. And we uploaded, I am, I'm curious about the actual retention of those interviews and if people actually watch them because we uploaded our last episode of the show on Twitter yesterday and we had a good amount of impressions, but the retention just falls off falls off a cliff. So I am curious how, how that's actually panning out for them. Nobody watches, I think, uh, no one watches long-form content on Twitter. They need to make, uh, we were discussing this last night, they're going to have to make a uh, video uh, feed, essentially, in order for that to go down. Um, Because I just don't think you can combine short tweets and, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Isn't uh, Someone said... So hold on, let's talk about Hungary. Isn't the the pr- president or whatever of Hungary like a dictator or corrupt? Probably. And then and then uh, so everyone's like shocked that I said this. And then he's moving on to interview Putin. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, I was, I was totally obvious. I'm sorry, never mind. What were you gonna say? Yeah, it was it was a Hungarian prime minister. I do apologize, but yeah, some of the comments were. Here we go. Another uh, dictator being interviewed by Tucker Carlson was one of the comments that was winning and getting the most likes in the uh, in the thread there. In the replies to the the actual yeah. video, yeah. Uh, Victor Orban is that the uh, current prime minister? Believe so. Yes, prime minister of Hungary. Uh, no, this says the current head of state of Hungary is president of the republic. Catalan Novak. She is the first woman to hold the presidency. What's going on? What's going on? What the hell was that? <laughs> now Nick's just done for the show. That that just <laughs> dead and buried. Um, that was Clemente, our our lead producer. <laughs> our lead producer fucking undermining the show. <laughs> Look, I got to do, it's important that I do research on the state of politics in Hungary, Clemente. That's why <laughs> I'm people so tune rattled. In show. I'm so rattled right now from that technical difficulty you ran into. I'm like,
I'm over here getting random. Yeah. Anyway, so today we are going to be talking about all things macro news, including the grayscale uh, case against the SEC, what it means for Bitcoin ETF approval, the SEC taking yet another loss, and whether Gary Gensler's days are numbered in his seat, and if Twitter's latest license means that crypto payments are coming to Twitter. So really, uh, oh, we got, we got a Hungarian in the audience enjoying us talking about the prime minister. Yo, I'm feeling hungry myself. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet. I'm about to go take care of that. Give us some news, P.S. You're on a little bit of an intermittent fast here, Nick. So we, do we have nine-hour Nick and an intermittent fast, Nick? Hey, Nick, how are you going to break the fast? That's why they call it break fast. <laughs> P.O. is very interested in how people break their fast every day. Whereas I am. most people, it's like a normal activity. Have you consumed any food today? Uh, well, I called easy and asked him what I should have. And I'm eating a Lunchable. <laughs> I'm I told you to have Fruit Loops, but that's besides the point. You had Fruit Loops? No, I said I told you to have Fruit Loops. I haven't eaten oh. yet. I'm on my I'll eat at noon vibe right now. I have a black coffee here. Cheers. He's intermittent fasting with his polo. My last meal was 6.15 p.m. Oh, wow. We're on it. Cook it. We're on it. Nick, what about you? Did you drink anything today? No, I'm about to. I'm about what well, you know. Here's what's going to go down as soon as the uh, weather report takes place. Wait, who's doing the weather report today? Uh, that's a question for Clemente. W what was the plan here, buddy? And are we going to get Echo the minute you unmute? Uh, no, we're not. We're not. Um, Send the me the weather report. It's my time to shine. Wow. A, a first. Oh, Send me it. I need it. It's, <laughs> it's in the call sheet that. I you have took access easy to. off the stage. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's no way that's happening. It's going to be. Nick, why don't you do the weather report, buddy? Oh, you got music there. Why is it choppy? I don't know. I don't know why it's choppy. But we got the weather report. It's time to break it down on this beautiful Wednesday. This is August not day. how you normally speak. That's not the way that you <laughs> normally talk. Give us the real easy, man. Right, Hit well, it to us straight, man. Time today that we dive into the weather report. It's a seldom day in NFT space. Market well, this volume, market is, volume is ouchy. 9.8 million. Blur's at 4.8. OpenSea at 2.5 million. It is ouchy, as Nick said, after a fresh bowl of Fruit Loops. NFTs held steady despite a 5% upward mo movement. You making fun of my yesterday. nose with that Fruit Loops thing, dude? <laughs> right, do you want me is to say Frosted Flakes, it? big dog? Follow right, your bad. nose? Yeah. What? Yeah, is that sure, what you're telling me to that. do? Yeah, yeah. That's always what it is. Crypto yesterday with the higher caps all up or down by 1.2, 1 to 2%. Which ones are up, which ones are down? We'll let you figure that one out. The top movers of the day include Sproto Gremlins, seeing almost a 40% gain in the last 24 hours. On the back of Dancing Eddie, calling for a victory after he said they'd go from 1.8 down to 0.6. Turns out he was just terribly, terribly wrong. In addition to that, we got Nick's favorite collection, Fluff World, up over 20% to 1.25E. Over the past 24 hours, the U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled that the SEC must reevaluate Grayscale's application to convert its Bitcoin trust into an ETF, making it much more likely that a Bitcoin ETF gets accepted in the future. And as a result, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Solana are all up 5% over the past 24 hours with the rest of the crypto market in the green. They have retraced slightly. Seems a little bit choppy here. Hopefully, it's not another XRP situation in which those pumps sell back off into, but only time will tell. Denison's, the PFP collection for Zen Academy had its art revealed with Zen chest holders able to burn their chest 
in exchange for the PFP. Almost 1,300 have been revealed so far, holding a floor price of 0.09 ETH. Shout out, Zeneca. Over in the art sector, we had a trade happen with someone trading two chromie squiggles for an Opepin 001 set. These are the first reveal of the Opepin sets and currently hold a floor of 18 Ethereum, with many weighing in on who will win that trade over the next few years. And lastly, Coinbase is officially partnering with X for its release of the hiring feature. You can now go on Coinbase's Twitter account and see the various positions that they are hiring for. LinkedIn is shaking in its boots. Back to the studio. <laughs> Fantastic weather report, Easy. Uh, a first. Easy doing his weather report. I'm bringing Nick back. Uh, okay, so that fast has been broken. There's no intermittent fast today. It's, it's I just a had a great PO, so that's how I broke my fast. And I don't care how I broke it, okay? Fr fruit's not bad. Fruit's not a bad way. I I'm surprised you didn't just do sugar in a cup. Um, real quick, well, ladies. I have eggs also. So eggs are uh, on the uh, stove being boiled right now, dude. So I'm, I'm going to have two hard-boiled eggs. I'm going to shove them in my face live on this show. And uh, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Well, there you go. Uh, some updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, the daily newsletter that you can subscribe to at thenifty.com. You have to have an account at thenifty.com to claim the free NFTs that we give away almost daily uh, on this show. I believe we do have one today. Clemente would be able to confirm that. Okay, yes, we do. Elon Musk's platform X has obtained a money transmitter license, paving the way for potential integration of various crypto services, including payments, trading, and wallets within the platform. Uh, so interesting to see what's coming next for X. Will it be a Dogecoin integration? Because Elon Musk has declared that X will never have a native crypto token. Uh, Snowfro minted 66 new squiggles, leaving only two more to be minted for special purposes and shared that his batch or that this batch will go to various supporters, including family and institutions. Uh, last but not least, in an effort to make his upcoming Beeple Studios CryptoPunks meetup more inclusive... And Nick's going to that. Beeple has set aside a number of tickets for people interested in learning more about the collection with a link included to register. Uh, I did see this tweet. He's Dude, I don't want any pores at events that I go to. This is bullshit. <laughs> well, Nick's not happy. Nick's putting up a fight against Beeple. He says make it more exclusive. Let, let fewer people in there, huh, Nick? Dude, the hotel you stay at also matters. Like, if, if your hotel doesn't cost at least, you know... $800 a night, you shouldn't be allowed to go there, you know? Well, there you go. Uh, before we get into the discussion of stories, I don't want to forget, and actually it's funny that somebody brought this up in the comments. We got Morad Sheik uh, saying that he needs a Bodago's coffee cup. We don't have a Bodago's coffee cup yet, but we do have the first uh, merch item that I personally designed live for sale right now. So if you Wait, go, are you serious? If you go to shop.thenifty.com, so Clemente, if you could load up shop.thenifty.com, we're going to do basically. Yeah, it's going to be basically an open edition during this show. So for the next, uh, call it 45 minutes or so, you guys can buy the Resting Nick Face Enamel Mug. So uh, real quick, uh, Clemente, if you could let me read the description. Are you tired of perky morning mugs pretending everything is rainbows and sunshine? Well, say hello to your new favorite sidekick for those not quite awake moments. The Resting Nick Face Mug captures the essence of morning agitation 
conversation and combines it with a pinch of sarcasm to create the ultimate coffee companion. Uh, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, the resting Nick face mug actually comes with a unique free NFT. Clemente, please pull up the free NFT. For people uh, that buy the resting Nick Face mug, this will be uh, available to only those that buy. The, there it is. That's the free NFT that comes with the resting Nick Face mug. Um, and as we roll out the new mechanics for free NFTs on the platform, uh, this free NFT is going to be one that you want is, to have. Is it only open edition because you couldn't figure out how to limit it, P.O.? You can't limit it. You just you can't. can't. Oh, well, no, you can. That's open edition. So for an hour <laughs> for, for 45 minutes. So someone, Sean Smith bought it. There you go. Uh, it, it, Murad is, is happy about it. It's not, but it is not Bodago's merch. This is, uh, NFT morning show merch, the podcast merch, the resting Nick face mug that does come with a free NFT. I will be shutting down purchase ability of this product at the end of this show. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, anybody that buys it and, um, and yeah, the free NFT will be airdropped to your account. Just use the email address. When you check out, use the email email address that you're using on the nifty.com. There will be an automated way to do this in the future, but for now, we're just going to go off the email and airdrop it. Uh, so that's shop.thenifty.com for the resting Nick face mug uh, designed by yours truly. Uh, so getting getting into the mix, I'll, I'll shout out the resting Nick face mug one more time at the end of the show or towards the end of the show. But uh, as we mentioned in the newsletter... X has obtained a license that signals its potential future integration of crypto onto the platform. This includes payments, trading, and wallets. Uh, so this news, I guess, kind of flew under the radar yesterday. Everyone was talking about Grayscale versus the SEC. You got Dogecoin up 4% in the last 24 hours. Uh, Clemente is asking if this could be an underreaction considering that Elon has always been pro-Doge. There's that footage of Elon in an internal meeting uh, saying that, you know, he, he was kind of throwing out the idea out there, well, you could tip someone with Dogecoin on the platform, blah, blah, blah. And he's declared publicly on X on Twitter that he won't be making a native um, token for X. I think it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to be able to tip with Dogecoin, whether or not there's other uh, cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and others on the platform too. I don't know. But uh, what do you think about this, Nick? How are you thinking about the way Elon is going to shape uh you know, X moving forward. Um, I, well, I immediately looked up money transmitter license cause I wasn't aware that, uh, somebody needed that in order for uh, payments to take place. But here we are. Um, I guess that's only if you're the one setting up the payments platform, um, uh, the same way, like if you use Stripe, you don't need to go and get a money transmitter license. Yeah, you can partner with it. But this seems like now, and it's also like Stripe has like uh, limitations though, where they can pay people, which was like one of the big causes of concern for creators. You had a lot of people who were not based in certain countries that could be paid. So I think that this is actually opening up more opportunity for creators globally to receive some level of a check from X. And then on top of it, they received licenses for virtual currency, which allows them to pay, hold, store, and transmit cryptocurrency. So a lot of people were speculating on Bitcoin. Uh, obviously, the Dogecoin rally was largely on the back of that. So they received two licenses yesterday. It, wait, what's the other license? 
they've licensed two for virtual currency. I forget the exact name, but that was actually the first one they got. The money transmitter license was the second one announced. Interesting. Well, I think it's uh, Pio. I like it. You know, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of potential here. There's a couple of things that I'd love to see. First and foremost is them fixing the DMs. Messaging is still an area for improvement, just period. There's no, uh, like, iMessage, for example. Search functionality is garbage on Twitter. I can never find the people I'm, like, trying to respond to. Yeah, it's, Or, it, like, if I'm, like, trying to circle back. Like, I wish I could, like, leave a notification on to, like, come back to something. They have a lot of uh, improvements that they need to make with search, especially advanced search, because uh, you can actually, like, so I think X, you know, Twitter or whatever, will make a run at LinkedIn to some capacity for some lines of work. Because if you want to find a software engineer, Twitter's not a bad place to do it. Like you can, and, and actually years ago, I was interviewing for a recruiting job at Google. This was in probably 2017, 2018. Uh, and the recruiter at Google that interviewed me told me that he finds most of his engineers for Google on Twitter. This was in 2018. Uh, and so I've actually done that for the Nifty, try to find some engineers on uh, Twitter, and it's worked fairly well. Um, but that advanced yeah, search has to get- a massive staff of engineers now. The guy starting today I found on Twitter. So there you go. Anyway, Nick, I, I know you have a lot of opinions on this. I feel like you don't feel like discussing this right now, but I do think that you have a lot of opinions on X. Yeah, well, I was talking about the DM thing uh, before Easy interrupted me. Thanks for that, Easy. So the, uh, what I was going to say is messaging as a whole, I think, can be improved. I don't know what your feelings are on iMessage. I like having categorical segments of my messages, which is something that, uh, I think it's beneficial for, um, like, you know how you can view messages that are all messages or just contacts, for example? Yes. Are you familiar with that? Yes. So, but I want to be able to make other, Easy didn't even know that. Um, I had no idea. Really? Okay. Sort of well, yeah. So, yeah, in the top left, you can keep, you can go out of your messages on your phone. And that, and it goes to a, a drop-down option where you can view all messages or just contacts. I think, but I was thinking it would be cool if I could have groups of people in there. Regardless, um, there's a lot of improvement to be made from Twitter with uh, DMs. That's where I think a lot of the activity happens. There, uh, especially for payments. Um, the other thing is with the payouts, as you're saying, Pio. That is a really important thing. Building the infra uh, infrastructure for that is actually not easy. I you know, I remember uh, I was in the Discord the other day, and people were someone was saying, "Hey, you need to accept crypto for payments." And I was like, "Why? You can't get a bank account?" And they're like, "No, because I'm international, so uh, you can't make purchases uh, with Stripe and a lot of other places um, if you're international," which I did not realize. So. There we go. There's a use case for crypto after all. And uh, yeah, I think that it would be um, like, I, it's, it's nice to see that Elon is focusing on this. For now, it's payouts for creators. I think he has a challenging road ahead of him, though, like as it applies to attracting, like, uh, attracting real creators onto the platform. So that that's like the, the main thing that uh, they're facing right now. I mean, yes and no. He's got Tucker Carlson having uh, record numbers on the platform. Those uh, are views, but you don't know the retention. That was the thing that Clemente was talking about. And that's the real, 
issue that I wonder about. Sure. I have an alarm going off, so I'm going to go. Go, uh, go do your thing, buddy. Go do your thing. Uh, Miguel Ribeiro said that he wanted to buy the resting Nick face mug with crypto. Uh, you will be able to do that on future merch drops. We are just finishing up setting that infrastructure up. Um, yeah, I mean, look, platforms like Shopify don't have the best infrastructure for crypto yet, but it's it's coming along and uh, and we will have it in a couple of weeks. Uh, next topic, the SEC does keep losing. Uh, Easy, what do you make of this whole thing and Gary Gensler? We talked about it with Mike Alfred on the Bitcoin show yesterday. Absolutely electric interview. Oh my goodness. Mike Alfred to it kicks after. Yeah, guy crushes it. That he guy's the man. It, but yeah, anyway, go ahead, easy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it just seems like now clearly there's a precedent that's been set as far as these ETFs now feel more inevitable as to like when, not if, which was always the big question. And we clearly saw crypto react positively to it. But of course, now there's still another battle ahead, which is like the approval process, which can take some time. A lot of people still speculating that it could be even as far as next year, which to me is absolutely wild, but would not be like terribly surprising, I guess you could say. Um, so we're kind of in this like limbo phase right now. The other thing that's really interesting to me is that Gensler's record is 0-2. Like my man has now lost to XRP and the grayscale situation. So he can't beat Barry Silbert, can't beat XRP. Uh, and to me, that's it's just kind of setting up this potential for where the market actually goes from here, which is could be up, could be down. Everyone's favorite answer. But like until we actually have like a date when we can get an ETF. That comes into question. A lot of people are saying the BlackRock ETF news is supposed to come on Friday. This Friday? Yeah. Like that it's approved? That's what they speculate. They could be pushed back. Like there could be some verbiage that requires it to be delayed. I think it gets delayed. I don't think it's going to be an outright no, which is kind of the thing that a lot of people are worried about. The other thing though is once one gets approved, I think we see like five or six get approved all in one single motion because there has been lawsuits previously with the SEC who have approved one ETF and not others, which does not provide investor security uh, because they don't have options to invest in. So when like options is in multiple different avenues that they could select, not option contracts. But that's like the big thing. So I think if one gets approved, you're going to see five or six on the same day. Wow. I mean, damn, uh, that's pretty crazy uh, that people are speculating that the BlackRock ETF would get approved this Friday. That's soon. I don't- it's been on the books. So they were supposed to have an answer and they actually pushed it briefly and now this friday is like when they have to comment on it they could delay it though yeah i mean that's that's you know, be- some breaking news what's the breaking news nick the breaking news right now uh a gentleman by the name of will b i'm not gonna spell out his whole last name placed an order for one of these mugs and it's a high chance of fraud i don't know if will b is out there using a fake credit card to uh, buy our will merch. B to buy our mug look at this guy just trying to scam us that's a pretty fun. I mean, welcome to the NFT space, ladies and gentlemen. You got somebody trying to use a fake credit card or something to buy a resting Nick Face mug. That's at shop.thenifty.com. Uh, open for the re- the next half hour. Uh, look, I've brought on someone that has not been on the show before. I asked him to come on the show. His name is Flip. He's on the audio podcast. He's on uh, Twitter Spaces, uh, not on video. Flip, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having of me. Of course. So you work in finance. You're a young guy. What do you make of everything that's going on right now, Flip? It's exciting. Um, the approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF is huge for retail investors who are in a traditional 401k or Roth with their financial advisor. 
Um, right now, a lot of these investors don't feel safe using Coinbase, Binance, or another platform like that. So it just it would open the floodgates for billions of dollars. Um, so it's an exciting time. Exciting time it is. Uh, where do you reckon we're at in the crypto cycle? Are we at the beginning? Are we still uh, just in no man's land? I'd love to know the way, maybe even the people that work at the institution that you work at, the way that they're thinking about crypto right now uh, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, most of them think it's still a scam. They still go, what's the use case? What's the use case? And to be honest, there's really not a use case yet. Like crypto needs a product that's, to be candid, addictive. Like whether that's ethically right or not, it's up for discussion. But we need a product that's addicting. So generally speaking, where I work, a lot of them think it's still a scam. Um, and I would, I would say we're still kind of in an accumulation phase. Um, but obviously, if a Bitcoin ETF gets approved, I think that jumpstarts the next bull run. Um, and we've probably likely bottomed. Thanks for the insight, Flip. Uh, you know, Nick, you had mentioned something about, like offhandedly right there. You said, well, it turns out uh, it seems that uh, crypto might have a use case. Is that tongue in cheek when you say that? Yeah. Okay, got it. And to you, Nick, what you were ready to jump in as a defense, a defender of crypto, PO, our savior, come to the rescue to let us know that Bitcoin is the future of all finance, that nothing will survive uh, without Bitcoin. Okay, uh, but to you, could you lay out one use case that you think about, Nick? In your mind, what is the use case of quote-unquote crypto? Well, that that one was an example where an international payment needs to be uh, placed. We always talk about it with wires and other things like that. The, the traditional, it, the institutional way of filing payments is a pain in the ass. Um, there was a video that went viral the other day with, with the Australia guy where like he has to you got asked about the banks in Australia have to ask you why you want your money right when when you withdraw and so he just gave a bunch of examples like uh, I'm buying a lot of drugs I need to get I'm changing my gender um the, uh, or get, going through a sex change whatever um he had a number of uh, examples that he used in the video um I think it's really yeah Sorry, is this a pop quiz? Like, are no, you no. I to just, like I, j I honestly didn't a hundred percent know whether or not it was tongue in cheek. Sometimes I don't know with you, and you do see a lot of people. Alex Becker, for example, who I think there, like, there's an audience of people that believe that Alex Becker knows what he's talking about when it comes to quote unquote crypto. And Alex Becker will just tweet out, "There's no use case for crypto in the world, zero, none." And so I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the audience right now listening to this show that are that are like, "Yeah, there is no, there is no use case." So I didn't know if that genuinely was how you felt. I never know. Um, but, and I'm just curious, like, if I ask Nick, who I consider to be a smart person and knowledgeable, if for him to name one use case, I was curious what direction you were going to go in. You went in the international payments and settlement uh, direction. I, yeah, I think payments is the most obvious one. That's where a lot of stuff goes down associated with it. Um, so yeah, that's like the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, I think there's additional uh, benefits as well um, or use cases. But yeah, that that's like the, the simplest one. I liked the idea... For Ethereum, the idea of a programmable currency, that's something that the whole fintech space has been uh, built on. And I think that there's uh, interesting use cases. That said, 
all the use cases so far have been like DeFi and NFTs have been the two main uh, things created using, quote, programmable currency or programmable money, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I, they're, they're, but it's, it's going to evolve. It's absolutely going to evolve. These are technologies, uh, so things will get built on them. Transformative of- technologies. <laughs> they are. I mean, that's a transformative technology, man. Transforming money. It is. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Nick, I'd love to know what you think about stocks versus crypto right now. Maybe easy. Also, the uh, trader extraordinaire. Uh, Mike Alfred on the Bitcoin show yesterday pointed out that Carvana, has cooked, uh, you know, 600% over the past 12 months. I believe Kix has brought that up on uh, this show before. Also, obviously, NVIDIA, the new uh, talk of the town on Wall Street. Tesla up 138% year to date. Y'all already know about that one. Coinbase 152% because it trades identically to the crypto markets. And then Bitcoin up a measly 65% on the year. Uh, S&P 500 up 18%. A lot of people saying that they think that the S&P 500 could continue to rally going into the end of the year. Bears are basically saying there's a recession, there's a recession, there's a recession. If you listen to Mike Alford, who came on the show yesterday, he thinks that they're going to get their faces ripped off. Uh, Nick, what do you make of stocks versus crypto right now? Uh, Well, I'm curious what Easy thinks first. Um, The uh, Yeah. I mean, traditional equity-wise, I think that it's just going to, like, I think we chop. I think we've seen highs, if not close to it, going into the end of the year. I still think Q3 is going to be relatively volatile towards the upside. Um, I'm hoping that we get some positive news here. We did get it a little early for the grayscale news. If that happened in September, you'd hear me just screaming that I was yelling at September bottom for crypto 2023, which I've been kind of adamant about. I still think that's the case like completely. And I think clearly we've been up only essentially 65% on BTC. ETH up on the year, Sol's up like 200% on the year, 816, 24, almost 200%. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting year to say the least. The, the recession stuff, like I think we're in a recession. We just don't want to say it. Like that's usually how it goes. Like once we say it, the recession's over. Once, the, once you kind of admit that, then there's already things in place to combat it. Like you look at the grocery store, everything's already so much more expensive than it was even six months ago. You look at just cost for life at this point, and it's significantly more expensive than six months, even a year ago. And all those signs are showing that. What happened with the last few cycles that got a lot of people concerned, like macro-wise and market-wise, was residential housing, which does not have the same setup. This past year, only 1% of houses actually traded hands, which was, I think, lowest of all time since they've started calculating that data. Uh, And that's largely because people are locked in at such low rates that there's no reason to switch that. Commercial real estate's a bigger concern. And I've even seen it down here where there's a lot of shops and buildings that just don't have stores in them. And there's a lot of major cities that are currently experiencing this. And I think that's the, quote, real estate bubble that once that fully kind of has its its day, then we're going to start to see carry down effects, et cetera. You've started to hear some rumblings of supply chain issues again. That's something I'm keeping eyes on. Um, but right now, it's like I, I hate the conversation that people are like there's no reset or we're in a recession or there's going to be a recession because we're in one. Like that's kind of how I look at it. And the market's just kind of ignoring it because like people are still spending money. You're seeing layoffs most recently have started to slow from major companies, but we're now seeing job reports come in lower than expected, which is actually a sign that the Fed kind of wants at the moment um, because that shows that they're getting inflation back down and some signs that they're actually trying to corral that in with the job market slowing. So there's just a lot of signs that are showing 
like mixed signals right here. Uh, I'm still just DCAing across the board for basically everything. I'm not in a rush to go crazy and start spending and be heavily risk on at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, have, wait. So spending on like goods and services or like invest- I'm just DCAing. I'm not going like heavy increase on it. Like very small DCAs that I've been doing since June, which is still daily buys, but it's not like September is when I wanted to really increase that and basically two to three x my DCA exposure into the things that I'm bullish on. Until then, it's like I, w- I want to see some clarity in the markets, and that may even get pushed past September, which is what I wanted to start doing at the start of the year. But now it's kind of shaping up for me to be like, uh. Market's not looking like it, it wants to pick a direction. So I'm kind of just sitting idly. Well, one thing that we've been talking about on multiple episodes now, the Bitcoin show with multiple guests. And when I say Bitcoin here, you can substitute the word crypto, is that Bitcoin is so intensely forward looking, more so than any other asset class, period, because it's, you know, kind of like the, the freest market that we have available. Um, it, like yesterday, Mike Alfred was pointing out, he was like, do you really think that? All of this hasn't been priced in. This recession wasn't priced in when Bitcoin corrected by over 80% last year, right? In 2022, as the rate cuts were happening, I mean, the uh, uh, the uh, rate increases were happening. Do you really think that wasn't priced in and now we're going to pull back? Like now we're going to pull back when we've been in this high interest rate environment for a calendar year at this point? Like now is when Bitcoin's going to pull back? He's like, real estate's starting to pull back heavy right now. And that's... Yeah, like a year after the stock market crashed, like what's going to make Bitcoin pull back down to below the FTX numbers that happened late last year now? Like how would that not be priced in at this point? The halving is coming up at this point. We're, we're like nine, 10 months out from the halving. We have an election year next year. Now Bitcoin's going to pull back to an all, like to the low of the cycle. So yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's the way that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Nick, go ahead. I don't really think much about Bitcoin PO, but the on the uh, housing side, that was the thing that I actually think is uh, most interesting. Why the hell can't I buy a house? You know, that's the thing I'm trying to figure out is that you, are you going to take... You can't buy I a could. house for a number of reasons. No, well, no, what, what I'm saying is like you can't buy a house because the interest rates are so high. You can't buy a house because BlackRock was buying the shit out of single family homes nonstop. And I think that they still, they still are. are. And they still are. They're the leading spender right now on single-family homes by a massive margin. And like, you, and like it's scary big. And, and you can't buy a house because there's not that much inventory on the market because everybody that locked in a two, two to three percent mortgage during 2020, which was literally the best time to buy a house probably in the last like 25 years, uh, maybe even more. Uh, I'm not a real estate expert, but all the real estate people out there uh, can chime in. I'm sure uh, it's got to be you know X number of years most competitive time because of how low the interest rates were, the fear from the COVID uh, you know drop in the market. And the fact that uh, the money printer hadn't fully gone burr yet and ran up all the prices. Um, and, and those people aren't going to sell their house to you because then they'd have to, for, to get themselves a new house, they have to do an 8% mortgage. And Quad, former, you know, friend of the show, former speaker on the show, said, Yeah, no way in hell I'm dumping my 3% mortgage for an 8% mortgage. There you go. Um, the, the bigger thing in my mind is just like, why would I? buy a house basically like it used to be a good investment (laughs) i'm like not interested in a house at all though like that's how i look at i think there's better investment vehicles exactly at this point right now especially like if rates don't get back to like five percent i just don't see any reason to and then like the cost of it all right now with the cost of everything going up 
you're it's just expensive. Like shout out to people who got in at two percent because those people are just chilling. Like that's well, I'm jealous. It makes no sense. And a lot of the the variables, like if you put it into a spreadsheet, it's just uh the math does not add up. And so then I'm just like, okay, well, I'll go rent. I was look like I spent time browsing Zillow, looking at international apartments. I look at like Portugal and Spain and, <laughs> and uh, like different places where I'm like, could I just like work remotely from this place for a period of time and just save a ton of money? And the, the short answer is yes. Yeah. Yes, you, you can. Like yeah. you could go live in Portugal for a year and I could cut my rent by, you know, 80%. I, I could also not go to Portugal and live somewhere else in the US and cut my rent. I could live somewhere else in New York and cut my rent. To be honest, like it's not that difficult. If, if we but, moved, let's say just hypothetically, if we did move to Miami where easy lives, well, I'm right? not going to. So yeah. But let, let's just say hypothetically that happened. You automatically give yourself a raise like on salary because you don't pay New York City tax and uh, New York State tax. The business pays significantly less taxes. The rental, the price to rent the apartment if you're going to rent is cheaper. The uh, situation when it comes to buying a place that you're going to live in is significantly better because everyone's like, the property tax in Florida is high. Cool. You're not paying income tax. If you live in New York, you pay income tax and city tax if you live in the city. Uh, who cares if the if the property tax is slightly higher? And, and by the way, the HOA fees, if you buy a condo in New York, are ridiculous. And to buy a studio. like Miami, a, they're expensive. so They can be, but you can buy a house in Miami. Yeah, well, it, it, you can buy a house if you're like living in the swamp part of Miami. Like if you're if you're like not living in the area that you want to live in, and then also as Easy was saying, there's crazy uh, flood insurance that you have to get that's crazy expensive. So like the the numbers everywhere don't really add up for like real estate. The crazy thing, additional craziness associated with it is like. Are we just all going to get priced out of like being able to even rent? Like, wh why is it? Someone mentioned in the comments, and I went, I was looking at this. Why is Lisbon so freaking expensive for me to rent an apartment? Like, I was looking at apartment. How much rentals. is it? It was shocking. Like when I mean, I still got a big ass apartment, by the way. Like, I was looking at like three bedrooms that you could get for like five grand, sort of thing. So it's not but, as much as New York. It's not as much as New York, but it depends on the neighborhood that you're in. So if like you're in one of the nicer neighborhoods, it is pretty expensive. And there was a lot of stuff I saw that was like ten thousand a month, eight thousand a month, and these are in euros. So I was kind of uh, surprised. Paris actually looked more reasonable uh, than Lisbon. Anyways, I was looking at all all these different places. It, it is shocking. It's very difficult to find. I think because like we, you know. Uh, we're, we live in a global world and like when you look at like Twitter and stuff like that and people in like the crypto space and with remote work and everything else, people are kind of unconstrained and where, where they're living now. So I think that we see a lot more people moving abroad, moving to other states. I saw a thing like New York has mass outflow and it's going to like uh, Texas, Florida. And then this stat that came from... Um, Business Insider was New Jersey. I think the New Jersey thing was people like moving to Jersey City sort of thing and like not paying uh, city, city tax. tax. So, so I, I don't know that that was like a completely uh, like re relevant stat. It is but because of that, but it's also relevant because buying a property in, in New Jersey isn't a dumb thing to do. 
Whereas Nick, when I was moving back to New York and I asked everybody, should I buy or should I rent? You were one of the people that I asked and you pointed out that a guy in your building in Fidei at the time uh, bought his unit 12 years. You showed me on the, on the stats. He bought it 12 years before was selling it for the same amount of money. What? Yeah. Well, New York City apartments in general don't appreciate. It's like it's pretty stagnant. And it usually it, the the you have to hold it for like 30 years for for it to make any sense. Or buy in and, a neighborhood that's not yet gentrified and wait for it to become gentrified. Like if you bought in Dumbo 25 years ago, that would have been a killer investment. Well, and the math also. Yeah. So it, that is a good play. Although a lot of those neighborhood, like that trade is getting squeezed, basically. You got to be buying in Brownsville and and, like, you know what I mean? Like Canarsie. like not in the city, like not one of the boroughs. You're not like in a neighboring town that's not New York City. It's like almost as good as New York City. Yonkers. But but I think that there's uh, like, yeah, the math doesn't add up. The thing where, where you end up looking at the math making sense is that you end up paying more to own but you get to deduct the interest. And so there's like math that you can end up justifying it with. And ultimately you end up in a place ideally where you at least own a property and all that you're exposed to at that point typically is like the condo fees, HOA fees, whatever it is. And those can add up. I was thinking about, I'm like, so I'm going to buy a property and still have a liability of 2,500 plus property tax. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to owe on an ongoing basis, I'm locked into this place. And if I want to move, I can't like, I'm now still paying that $3,000 a month. I can't just stop paying rent. I have to now somehow liquidate that, that apartment and AKA sell it. And, and like a lot of the property, I was looking at Miami, a lot of those places stay on the market for a decent amount of time because a lot of them are trying to sell at still like inflated values on the New York to Miami trade. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Um, the way it's operating. If you had bought property though, like ten years ago, mm-hmm. or more like twenty years ago, you're you're like one of the people who are part of the real estate elite. I would say at this point, I have a lot of friends that got in and now own multi million dollar places because that's where they were putting their money when they were working back in like two thousand and you know like one two three. So yeah, I don't know. It, the bottom line is uh, it, it ain't getting cheaper and it ain't getting easier. But apparently uh, the, the best path for the Utes is to uh, buy it on, uh, you know, buy NFTs. Well, it's to buy Bitcoin. That's like the because the old people that own the houses won't buy Bitcoin. They think it's a scam and they're just going to get their faces ripped off. Clemente, can we quickly see the Mike Alford real estate tweet? Uh, because I think that this is relevant to what Nick was saying. Uh, if you could pull that up quickly, Clemente. So I'm going to read this tweet. If you've been using houses or apartments as a store of value instead of gold or Bitcoin, the Fed has a plan to systematically beat this tendency out of you. It will be so painful that you may question why you ever thought it was a good idea to own so much real estate. Uh, so, th- so there you go. Okay, so we're quoting that opinion without any info. Okay. No data, it's, no backing. It's in line no with that tweet is pointing out that if you buy real estate right now as an investment, it there's a pretty high percentage chance that it's not going to work not out what that he said. way. For he you. said if you've been using it as a store of value instead of something like Bitcoin, that 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 was my interpretation of it. But my thought is like talk to my friends that now have four or five million dollars in real estate because they bought in 
like uh, when I was in San Francisco in 2011, they bought a property and now they've made millions of dollars on uh, property simply because San Francisco doubled or tripled. So they went from like half a million to $2 million in equity, rolled that into like deep Brooklyn, basically turned that into 3 million. Now they got a 4 million place, uh, Brownstone, uh, right next to the park in uh, a park slope. So like, a, a very small, well. yeah, a very small percentage of the population has like, you know, nailed buying property in San Francisco, rolled it into Brooklyn, you know, had a like, I'm just saying, yeah, no shit. You can just really, really nail it. Uh, but for the for like the normal person, it's just not what it used to be. People used to, you know, yeah. But anyway. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, or actually, let me go to Flip. Flip, you have your hand raised. What's going on, Amigo? Yeah, real, real estate's interesting right now. And I think it's important to be specific when talking about real estate, like which, which components of real estate you're talking about. Because I think Easy, Easy made some great points. Like residential real estate right now is actually pretty healthy. Um, consumers' balance sheets are healthy. They're not over levered like they were in seven, eight, nine. Um, Supply is low, and that's why you're seeing prices rise because people don't want to sell their house. You're locked in at a three percent mortgage rate. Why would you go take a six? And like a lot of people think, oh, that's just three percent. That's actually a hundred percent increase from what you're paying, and that's why we're seeing so many people not buy houses right now. And then commercial is a different story. Um, but even when talking about commercial, it's important to be specific. Like office, a lot of people, you know, associate office space with commercial real estate, which is true, but it's just a component. So like, yes, office is struggling, but data centers and self-storage, they're doing relatively well. So this is a great insight into like consumer health as well, um, which is why retail sales have also been strong. Um, but yeah, that's it. Somatic call from Flip, Nick. I like self, I like self-storage. I was looking at uh, buying a parking garage in New York City as an alternative uh, investment do you know easy what the yield is on a New York on a Manhattan parking Two hundred and thirty-six percent. Uh, no, it's like three <laughs> percent. Oh, that that's uh, so. If you go and buy it, that's the yield that you're getting right now. It only made me think that uh, the garages are owned by mafia people because there's no way in hell that like the like why else would the market be uh, operate like supporting a three percent yield? That's just an insane. Like th that makes no sense to me. Well, and it's also a hands-on business. It's not like a set it and forget it. You have a physical parking garage. You have you to hire someone to manage it, technology to operate it. You got to do all that fun jazz. Okay. So we know that uh, I'm curious from, from the people here, if you were going to start, if, if there was a business you could go buy today, we know it wouldn't be an NFT podcast. That's not what <laughs> you're going to start with. So what, what would be the business that you would go buy today that, that if you if you could go uh, run something for cash flow, what are you what are you most interested? I in? would run a drop shipping e-commerce business because I international uh, drug trade. There, there you go, easy. I don't like like uh, I have friends that talk about 
starting real estate businesses, but then we'll never do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I have friends that work at tech companies and like talk about like, yeah, I th I'm thinking about starting a real estate thing and then they just never do it because all these things are so hands-on. You know, your old buddy, Sam Parnick, who we uh, we paid for a little consulting and who uh, hosts the My First Million podcast with Sean Purry of Milk Road. He had a, a clip that went on um, Instagram and, and from the podcast where he just basically was complaining about the real estate he bought. He bought real estate because he, you know, he sold a couple businesses, made millions of dollars, figured, yeah, let me buy some real estate. That's a good investment. That stuff is so hands-on. And I have a friend that owns a vacation property in one of like the kind of beach places, not the Hamptons, but a similar place. I'm not going to say the specific location, but one of those places like that. his address, Pia. One of those places like the, the Hamptons and the Poconos, he bought a house there. And during the summer, he was doing- Sorry, why can't you tell us the location? All right, it's in Cape Cod. So he bought a house in Cape Cod and he was renting it out during the summer. The way that works is it's week-long rentals, right? So people rent it for a week. You send the cleaning people in there to do the turnover. It's actually not that bad of a, a, a game to play because you can systematize it and it's pretty like dialed in at this point. It's People have been doing that for a long time. Uh, but then he tried to rent it for the off-season and he had squatters. So people came, they were like, oh yeah, you, you know, we're going to rent it for a couple of months. And then they refused to leave and they refused to pay rent and they basically trashed the place. If this happened- The laws are so squatter friendly. Like in, they're so landlord, and like anti-landlord that you can literally live there for three to four months without even getting a knock at the door. As long as you like, don't leave the property when the person changes the locks. Exactly. It's like, yeah, wild. Exactly. So uh, what I was going to say, and this is not a political statement, it's just a fact. If you live in a blue state, people are just going to be, they can just basically squat in your place in, in certain blue states like Massachusetts. If this happened in Tennessee, the owner of the property would go to the sheriff and would say, hey, there's people squatting in my home. They're not paying me rent. I want them to leave. The sheriff pulls up to the house with, with a, a gun and says, get out of the house. Like That's basically how it works in places like that. You're not going to have a squatter for six months not that's paying how rent. how all red states work, Pia? Pretty much. I mean, it, it pretty one. much is. Uh, like, oh, Will, Will B. seems to disagree. He says squatters in Florida are a real problem. So how do you explain that, Pio, given the fact that it went red? Florida's a swing state. Uh, Massachusetts, though, <laughs> is a blue state. <laughs> that's that's my response is Florida's a swing state, which it is. I'm pretty sure if you had DeSantis in your pocket, though, he'd be like, squatters aren't allowed in this state. I will not let you down. There was a, there was a video going around similarly of like protesters protesting Burning Man for climate change. Did you see that? No, and that the, sounds and pretty the, good. And, the, and, the, and the, sheriff, so the sheriff just came up, holds the gun to the person's face, and then handcuffs him. And it's just like, and one of the woman, women there is like legit traumatized. Like she's shaking one of the protesters. She's like sitting down and she's like, holy shit. Like I didn't expect this to happen. They're out there being like, we're not moving. We're not. And Isn't that like, on like oh, Indian shit, land too? Like, shot. What's that? Isn't it on Indian land? The re it's on a reservation, Burning Man. So it's also like different laws where they were. Because like when I saw that video, like that was all the comments were like, this would not happen if it wasn't on like <laughs> reservation land. I don't. I don't uh, uh, remember well, to be honest. No, Easy is right though, because in California, you you actually don't even get in trouble if you do an armed robbery of a store. These protesters are just shocked, and then the uh, the cop just comes out and basically just like uh, with a gun. Whoa! And 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 just like 
<laughs> We're watching the video, ladies and gentlemen. A cop is pulled up, and these protesters literally folded up like a like a piece of American cheese. Uh, they're just on the ground, being like, "Wow, I didn't think that this was going to happen. I thought I was in California and I could do anything that I wanted." Uh, that's pretty funny. I guess they take Burning Man hella serious over there. Don't go over there and protest Burning Man. Also, want to sh- uh, mention one more time, ladies and gentlemen, the resting Nick Face mug will be available for another five minutes before I shut it down. Uh, so if you want to buy it, you will receive an accompanying free NFT. Go to the shop.thenifty.com for the resting Nick face enamel mug if you want to have your coffee accompanied by morning agitation and a pinch of sarcasm. I'm going to be shutting that down in five minutes. You do get a free NFT with it. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, the thing, How are we going to, are we just going to email them and with a code? No, uh, we'll just airdrop it right to their account. They just should buy it with uh, their email address that they have. Uh, but if they don't have the, but if they don't have the email, if they switch to different email address, you won't have that. I'll email them and I'll say, hey, couldn't find your account. Maybe you could point me in the right direction. Nice. Okay. So the thing I was going to say is maybe we should go. Someone mentioned vending machines. Should we just make a series of us going like me trying to set up a vending machine business, like at some local uh, venue, and just being like. And now I'm making $1,500 a month. Uh, and this feel- machine pulls $7.46 a week. What's up? I wonder if you, like, I feel like New York is quite competitive for it. Or maybe it's, like, better. I have no idea. Like, do you think, anyways, I feel like us setting up a business and trying to uh, generate income from it, like, small small businesses would be interesting. I think it's interesting. Uh, Bunny has his hand raised. I'm curious to see what Bunny wants to weigh weigh in on. Well, I just wanted to know where your friend lived. <laughs> Thanks, Bunny. Dude, I love you're trying to get me all sad about his vacation house not going well. That's like the most first world problem shit I've ever heard, dude. <laughs> and Bunny, just because like, you're oh, busy. I'm so, sad. I'm so sad that he didn't make as much revenue. On his vacation house in the Hamptons, as he thought. <laughs> wow, what a sad story, dude. <laughs> Bunny, just because you're over there with an army of children that you've created irresponsibly and you're spending all your down payment money on prime energy drinks doesn't mean that uh, that you can have an opinion about people's rental properties. No, I'm just kidding, Bunny. Um, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, look, we're going to wrap in just a second. Uh, Nick, do you have any... Is there a separate free NFT that we're dropping? Yes, we are. Clemente, why don't you drop the free NFT, buddy? And then we'll we'll shut down. Uh, well, we're shutting like down resting are... Nick face in a second. Yeah. The there... password for today's free NFT is Rome twenty five. Go to the nifty.com slash claim and enter the password Rome twenty five R O M E and then the number two five for today's free NFT. There you go. So go to the nifty.com slash claim, put in the code Rome25. That's R-O-M-E 25. This free NFT is from the Before Doggo series. Looks like there was a time where the Bodogos were participating in ancient Rome's gladiator matches. So didn't know that this was part of the Bodogos history. Very cool to see that Buddy and the other Bodogos were battling in front of the Emperor of Rome. The name of the piece is Roman Roar. Very, very cool piece. Very excited about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be pulling the plug on the resting Nick face mug in just a like second. A couple of people are, are like sliding in here. So maybe leave it open a couple minutes. And also there's international people that got pissed off last time. Anyways. 
whatever, you can pull it in a minute. Yep, we will see what the story is with international shipping. Uh, it's always great to go through these processes. We're excited about the resting Nick Face mug. I uh, designed it myself. Very excited about uh, the design of it. So anyway, go to the sh shop.thenifty.com for the resting Nick Face mug. Uh, we will be pulling the plug on the availability of that one in just a couple of minutes as we wrap up this show. It does come with a free NFT on the platform. The mechanics surrounding free NFTs are literally on the cusp of rolling out. I suspect that a lot more people will be interested in the free NFTs upon the rollout of those mechanics. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we do the show every weekday, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. It's also available on YouTube if you want to watch the video stream. Available on audio podcasts, Apple and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, share the show with your friends if you'd like. Check out the Bodago's NFT collection. This is your last chance to buy a resting Nick Face mug, some official merch from the NFT Morning Show podcast here. Anyway, we will be back tomorrow. I will be out of town on a business trip tomorrow and the next day. So you will be with Clemente, Easy, Nick, Signal, Bunny, and the others. You'll have to go on without me. I will be at an undisclosed location doing very important business that you all will see the results of in call it four to eight weeks. Anyway, uh, catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later.